Welcome to Headed Someplace, a show where strong, inspiring, and daring women share their stories with us. I'm Kara, and today we have the lovely Sarah Hall joining us. She shares with us how the trauma in her childhood and past has actually launched her into a life inviting others to heal right alongside her. She also shares about being a single mom for 11 years and now what it's like being a 40-year-old newlywed. And in case you didn't know, Sarah's actually famous, so if you don't know why, you'll just have to stick around and find out. Here's Sarah, and our names rhyme. Sarah, welcome to Headed Someplace Podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're my friend and that you're on the show. This is so exciting. I'm so proud of you and excited for what you're doing, and I'm honored to get to jump in and be a part of it. Thanks. So, okay, can you just give us a little elevator speech of who you are and what you do in life? Well, let me start by saying I'm really bad at elevator speeches because I... <laughs> I like to over-communicate, but honestly, I feel like God's just given me this great, great heart um, of healing, and so through every thread of what I get to do, I think it gets to come out. So I am a counselor. I am a mom, so that obviously pours out there. I'm a wife, and I also um, work for a ministry called Holy Yoga, and so it incorporates healing into movement of body as well. Yeah. So if people don't know what holy yoga is, but they know what yoga is, can you tell us the difference? (laughs) Yeah. So holy yoga is kind of birthed out of the idea that um, we understand that God made the human body and movement and stillness and getting in front of the Lord is so important. And yet in our culture and society, we really don't have great handles or tools for that. And so yoga is one of those tools that's amazing, but we really wanted it to be obviously included in our maker. So we wanted Christ to be in that room, in that space through that movement. And so that's what it is. It's a school that trains teachers on how to bring, um, you know, just Christ kind of into the room, into the moment and give a conduit, if you will, for students to intersect with the Lord. Yes, I love it. I love holy yoga. You introduced (laughs) me to it. And I have told you before, I don't know how people mom without holy yoga. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't know how we do anything without it. (laughs) It's so true. Okay, so Before we jump into like your story, I always like to ask people to give us a random fact about yourself that not many people know. Okay, everyone always dies when I say this, but I went through survival school because I was... (laughs) (laughs) I know, so I was in the military and part of my training because we had the propensity of possibly ending up on a battlefield was that I had to go through survival school. And so I went up to Spokane, Washington and lived in the forest and evaded bad guys for four weeks and lived off the (laughs) (laughs) Evaded bad guys. So like four weeks and you had to just like live off the land or what? I don't even know what survival school. Yeah. So they train you. I mean, they train you in a classroom first to kind of give you ideas on how to survive, how to build shelter, how to find food, catch food, et cetera. And then they kind of set you out in the wilderness (laughs) and it's monitored. Like they're watching, it's in their own land. You know, it's not like crazy, crazy, but it's just enough to give you a real life, um, just perspective of what trying to live off of the land is. That's so cool and scary. Yeah, because then they set out the bad guys and the bad guys capture you and you go to (laughs) UW camp for a week. So it's not fun. (laughs) No, not fun. That's so, it's always so funny to me. I always forget that you were in the military. And it's so funny because it's like, now you're like this yogi. (laughs) I know. 
So, okay, so you do lots of counseling and walking people through trauma and healing. And actually, some of my favorite yoga sessions with you have been for that specific purpose. And like, you know, I'll be in warrior one and like tears rolling down my face. (laughs) But not because of like emotional manipulation or anything. It's just, I think it's just you're finally giving yourself permission and space to like quiet your mind, quiet your body. You're putting yourself in these kind of vulnerable positions physically and emotionally and I don't know. It's cool how healing kind of starts to come through that. Yeah, absolutely. I think we just take for granted a little bit that um, God made our bodies and that our bodies hold on to our thoughts and our stresses and our wounds and our experiences. And so often it's just in this intentional movement that something starts to happen neurologically and physiologically for us. So it's not about manipulation. It's definitely just about slowing down and focusing and paying attention and becoming reconnected with your body, if you will, because we don't live in a culture that celebrates that too much. We have very, very, um, dissociated, you know, things with our mind and our body. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's definitely your passion is like helping people, counseling people through trauma and healing, which obviously comes from a special place from your story. So can you share just whatever parts of your story that you want to share with us where that comes from? Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I am definitely a gypsy Jesus lover. So I have this great, deep, um, wide understanding that I really, really, truly believe that God is in and through everything and everything that our lives touch or experience, God is ultimately trying to work out for the good. Um, so even when it was meant for bad and so I can look back at my life before I even knew the Lord's name and see these light and dark places. You know, it's like I I suffered a lot of trauma as a child. Um, I had um, parents that were addicts and I had environments that were unsafe and, and there was, um, quite a bit of abuse that took place there. But I also feel like as I look back, God had imparted hope into me and forgiveness into me as a child without even knowing. And 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 those are the things that saved me from all the trauma I experienced just being um, so heavy that I could never look at it or so heavy that I ran to addictions instead or so heavy. I, I just knew as a kid, it was like there was this instant place in me of like, they don't know what they're doing. Mm. And so I could forgive. And then there was a place in me that was like, I need to talk about this. I need other people to help me understand this. And so I think those were like natural gifts. And as I've gotten older and moved through my life and then come to know the Lord, I've seen them flourish and and be what drives me now as a Christian, you know, like what I do, what my passion is, how I love people and how I serve people. It's literally birthed out of, um, just looking back at my life and God walking me back through each one of those moments and showing me, um, you know, both the light and the dark side, because there, there's definitely both coexisting in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. So you grew up with parents being addicts. And then did you did you struggle with drug addiction yourself? No. Um, you know, oddly enough, in my story, my first uh, interactions with drugs actually came at the hand of a family member. And so um, it was like, oh, okay, I'll try it. And I, I spent a summer 
really exploring a very uh, dangerous drug. But I remember, and this is God's grace, I, you know, I had enough brokenness that it mattered more to me what a guy thought of me um, than, than my addiction had control over me. And so I probably would have ended up in a very addicted path. But there was one guy that at the time was really dear to me. And he basically said, if you do this again, I'm never going to talk to you. Yes. Way to go, guy. <laughs> right. But it was like instantaneous for me, the power of that, which is a whole nother broken path of getting through and healing, but right. the power of, um, not, not receiving approval from a man was, uh, more powerful to me yeah. than, than one of the most dangerous drugs. And so I know it was God's grace in that moment. Cause, um, I, you know, friends of mine ended up down a really dangerous path and, and I had a family line of addiction. So, you know, God knew I'd listen to that. And I never looked back, never, ever did drugs again. That's crazy. That's, that is pretty crazy that you never did with all the history. Yeah. So was your dad around, like you mentioned, like another whole road of look to men for approval. Like, was your dad around? Do you have a good relationship with your dad? No. So I didn't really have great male role models for sure. And, and I think that somewhere in the midst of abuse and lack of, um, uh, the presence of a father, I probably wandered into, well, I didn't just wander. It was taught to me that my kind of worth and value would have ran down um, my sexual identity as yeah. a woman. Um, and, and it's what I was told through some of the abuse. It's what I was told through kind of even my environment. My mom, um, bless her, was a super like, you know, in the sexual revolution and freedom, 60s, 70s, hippies era. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so there was probably a lot more uh, extreme. Uh, the intention, I think, was freedom and sexuality. But the distortion is that as a child, I have no, no realm for understanding that. Right. Right. Like, right <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't have any clue. So I was learning as I went that kind of my, my, Hmm. my value would have been based on my sexuality, which kind of started down the path of the affirmation of men, you yeah. know, same, same thing. So yeah, looking for just trying to understand worth and value and, and having some pretty dysfunctional railings around yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. When did you have your first daughter? So yeah, that would have been actually when I met Jesus. Um, okay. Sweetly enough. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty much so out of the, the muck and the mire. Um, I was definitely would have like fallen on the side of survivor. And so I was super girl, you know, like I was doing everything, getting everything and knocking everything out of the park. So I was um, pre-med. I was about to enter medical school. I had my whole kingdom set up just the way I wanted it. Just at yes. least I thought. And I was running in that direction pretty hard and pretty fast. And I was doing everything short of not having sex um, yeah. to keep from getting pregnant. And I ended up pregnant. And um, obviously, my entire world kind of came to a screeching halt. And again, another grace of God is that I knew I was 28 years old. I had no excuse. I was like... There was no way to rationalize, you know, um, having an abortion at that time. And I mean, and I didn't know the Lord, so that would have been an option on the table, you right. know, in my world, but, um, it just wasn't an option for me. I knew it was like, no, this was, you know, you put yourself into this, you, you, you were participating in this. So right. it's, it's yours to take responsibility for. I also knew I couldn't give a child up for adoption and I definitely knew I wasn't going to drive, uh, drag a kid through medical school with me. Yeah. Um, I had a long road. I wanted to go into neuro, um, neurology and, um, possibly neurosurgery and I would have been in school forever. And I knew I couldn't possibly, um, honor a child in that. So 
yeah, like overnight, my whole entire world just went, nope, this is not what you thought it was. Wow. And uh... <laughs> yeah, that's a big little turnaround, <laughs> turn upside down. <laughs> yeah, it was devastating. I, I really, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I think God knew and was sweet and rescued me. And it was, I mean, I just heard his voice. It was just like, he was like waiting for that moment, knew that moment was going to come. And I was finally quiet enough and didn't have a plan already. Cause that was my guilt. You know, it's like in all my life, I always had the plan. I always had the next thing. And I was so busy creating that, that I don't think I ever stopped to hear who I really was and what I was really made for. Um, and so I think just getting pregnant and my whole world flipping caused a silence and God spoke really loud in that silence to me. And I do feel like, you know, I always tell people the reason that I counsel is because I feel like God met me as counselor first. Oh, wow. That's cool. You know, yeah. He walked in and he just said, let's look at your life. Like, let's do it. Let's go back to all of this pain and all of this confusion and, and let's talk about it. Let's, let's look at where I was. Let's look at what I meant. Let's look at what the enemy took. And, and I've been on that journey since. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's why I invite other people in is, is just cause I've seen my own self. So did you know, like, had you known who God was before that? I mean, cause that's pretty, sounds pretty miraculous. Of him. <laughs> yeah, no, it super was miraculous. So I think I can look back on my life and see um, moments in my childhood where I remember um, there were kids in my neighborhood that went to church and I, I really kind of thought, oh, I want to go. And so I would uh, jump on their little bus and go to church with them every once in a while. And I ended up at like a Nazarene church once or twice. And I was interested, but I had no, like, I, I just, my world was so polar opposite. Yeah that I just didn't know how to receive it. It was like I was drawn to it, but I wasn't sure about it. And I remember um, being, gosh, I remember being eight years old and just in the midst of a lot of traumatic things. And I just felt like um, the Lord was just, I don't know. I just didn't think he was real. I didn't Mm. believe that there there could be a God with the circumstances that I was existing in, if that makes sense. And, and then, um, but then I see these little points in like high school, some guy gave me a Bible and I still have it. And he like wrote this amazing prophetic thing in the front of it. But at the time I I still had no, you know, I was like, okay, (laughs) I had no idea what it meant. You're a weirdo. (laughs) Thanks. That's really sweet. I don't know. (laughs) And then when I joined the military, (laughs) This is the tragic and and joy-filled part of of becoming a Christian for me. But um, when you join the military in basic training on Sundays, if you do not go to church, you have to clean. So I sure did join a church (laughs) and I sure did base it off of what kind of snacks they had available. (laughs) I mean, that's a good choice. I like where your brain's at. (laughs) And so the Catholics won, of course. That's awesome. That's so great. And so I, I kind of attended Catholic service for a long time, but I think uh, I did. I still didn't understand any of it. I felt like, okay, this is the place that I come and confess, but then I go out next week and do the same things and I'll come back and I'll confess and I'll do the same things. And, and, and it just kind of went on like that. So, yeah. so I think I, I think in general, it's like I had an idea of who God was, but I don't know that I understood it. 
Right. And I laugh because, okay, this is another confession. This is embarrassing. (laughs) Yes. I was in college and I had to take a humanities class. And this is me at like, gosh, I was maybe 25, 26 years old. And I'm in this humanities class and there's a whole section about Jesus. And I was like, I literally left that class going, did you know Jesus was a real person? (laughs) I went home and I was like, did you know Jesus was a real person and not just a myth? (laughs) Like, yeah, we, we knew. And I'm like, I didn't know that. Like I didn't know until I was in a humanities history class. They were like, Jesus was a real person that I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You were, you were a science brain, not a history brain. That is so true. Yes. (laughs) I did not learn any of my Bible stories until after I heard the Lord's voice. So it wasn't through the Bible that I found him. It was through him coming to me in my in the midst of my chaos. You know? Yeah. So you were a single mom at 28. Yes. Um. I mean, me and my daughter's father did try. We. I. I think I tried. I think I thought. Okay. Now that I know the Lord, I probably need to make all this work, <laughs> which is very backwards. But at the time, I was like, okay. You know, you're God. You can do all the miracles. I'm Sarah. I can show up and try, you know, Mm -hmm. make this work. Um, But it just wasn't, you know, uh, we were moving in totally opposite directions. And um, so we probably ended, we probably separated when my daughter was 10 months old. So we were together through the pregnancy and through her her first 10 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you all, you guys always had kind of a cordial relationship, you and her father. Um, yeah, I mean, after, so when God kind of gave me permission, cause it was one of those moments where God said, uh, I didn't ask you to do this. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's why it's not working out. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So I, I walked away from the relationship and he, he really wasn't very kind for probably a year. Um, but I think once he saw that I was going to be very consistent in the way that I handled him and cared for him and treated him with honor and respect, um, after about a year, it was like, oh, you're safe. And so we're, we are, we are, um, definitely cordial. I definitely care for him. I know he definitely cares for me. Um, and we just do our best, you know, to kind of help Davin along. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, she's your spinning image. She's so beautiful. And every time (laughs) I see her, I'm like, you're so old. Oh, I know. It's, it's a little scary and, and beautiful at the same time. Right. But you know, it's like that, that is the thing. I look at her, um, in the sweetness of God, right? Like at, when I was her age, mm-hmm. what my world looked like and what I was facing was so much more tragic than, than what she gets to live in. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, yeah. you know, to just, just the differences. So yeah, it's yes. pretty beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Okay. So then, so you raised her for how many years before you were married? Uh, I was a single mom for uh, about, I would say 11 years. Yeah. 11 years. So how did that work? Did you work? I mean, how did you do it? (laughs) Yeah. So for me, um, I knew, I, I mean, a, I knew obviously if God met me through the birth of my child and this was my moment with the Lord, then there was some great value in mothering, you know? And when I did separate from Davin's father, he was not, um, he was not financially supportive at the time. And I, um, I just asked the Lord, I was like, I don't want to put her in daycare. I had three degrees at that point. It was very educated. Um, so I knew I could go get a job, but 
I couldn't bear the thought of, um, of putting her in daycare. So I asked the Lord for jobs that I could keep her with me and he provided. And so nice. I, <laughs> I did a lot of different things. I taught at the YMCA and she would come and stay in childcare while I taught. I also trained people there and worked on the floor. And then I became a preschool teacher. Oh, I didn't know that. I know. It's so funny. You want to teach my babies? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It was such a fun time, but so funny because it's not even your thing. Um, no, but I love to teach. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. teaching is a gift of mine. So I think it was it was easy to adapt and it was great because Davin could come with me and she was in the class next door, but she could come over and see me if she needed to. And, and that felt really good and safe. Yeah, that's awesome. So for other single moms that may be listening, what encouragement would you say to them? I just think that so often in, in our single momhood, we get stuck in some shame points. Um, we get stuck in some disappointments like this isn't what I expected or what I had planned or what I wanted. But I always like to remind people like God knew precisely where you'd be standing. And he invited you into that, not to live under the burden of it, but to experience life and joy and health and healing. And, um, and yes, it's not optimal, but it's also really beautiful if you can scoot all of those little, I don't know, those shame points that we try to put on ourselves and those disappointments and those what ifs and the comparison and the competing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just show up to your life. Like, God sees it as beautiful right now as it is. Um, he's not thinking it's lacking or longing. And um, so just show up. I mean, your kids do benefit from from knowing that you're still alive and living regardless of, of whatever's ended you up single, you know, as a single mama. So, yeah, that's and it's all from the Lord. Like, it really is. Like, none of my strength came from just me. But it was like, okay, God's given me this life and I want to live it. Um, no matter what. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so then take us forward to how long have you been married now? Uh, a little over a year. Oh, you're still in the newlywed phase. <laughs> I am, which is bizarre at 40. <laughs> that's a fun time to be a newlywed, though. Your kids are, like, independent by now. and Yes, you'd think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell us about that. So this probably just speaks to even what I was saying is like kind of living your life the way that God's given it to you. I I can honestly, with every ounce in my being, um, tell you that there was never a point in my journey where I thought I would be a pastor's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, let's just tell, let's just name drop here really quick. (laughs) You're pretty much famous because you're married to Charlie Hall, who anyone listening that grew up like in a youth group, you've sang this man's songs and... I know I did in school, like, and in church, as I went to a Christian school. But anyway, I sing his songs, and it's like, you're married to him, and you're famous. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm so famous. Okay, sorry, I digress. You never thought you'd be married to a, you'd be a pastor's oh, wife. Uh, no, a pastor's wife or, or, or Charlie Hall's wife. Let's just <laughs> Or Charlie Hall's wife. Both of those were not on my radar. Uh, so oh, that's ever. funny. Um. But yeah, so God, right? God and his goodness. Um, it's so fascinating when we sit and we parallel our stories and our journeys and our lives um, in points in time. You know, I was coming to know the Lord as Charlie was really suffering some of the hardest points in his uh, Christian walk. 
Um, and somehow, some way, because he's God, we ended up in the same community in the same church at the same time. And, um, and really nothing, uh, for years and years and years, just mm-hmm. kind of friends and acquaintances and had a mutual respect and honor for one another and what we did in the church. And, and then one day, um, yeah, God just a- awakened something, I think for both of us. And, and we were both probably at the points in our lives where we were pretty confident in our calling. Uh, we were pretty confident in who we were. We were both parents and very much engaged with our kids and, um, just not thinking that was in the cards for us in, in the nicest possible way. It was just yeah. kind of like we'd gotten to the point where it's like, okay, Lord, like if you want that great, if you don't want that great, whatever, we're still charging forward in, in who you've made us to be. Right. And, um, yeah. And then he just sweetly kind of awoken, um, something there. And it was a, it was still a hard journey. Like I just, I can't speak any more clearly to people to thinking that just because you're doing what God wants you to do, like, it's all just going to be peaches and roses and, right. and there's not going to be a hard moment. Um, but you know, God in his goodness, he doesn't, he has no desire to leave us where we are. He wants us to grow and learn and become more. And, and he does that in the most strange ways to us. We wouldn't ask for or anticipate it, but when we look back, we can see the beauty of, uh, what he was doing to set, you know, to set me and Charlie up to be married. Like he did so many things that I didn't know needed to be done, nor did I like being done. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was, he was moving and working and, and clearing space out in our hearts for one another and for him. Right. Yeah. You've said before that, like, you don't see at the time, but those what feel like failures actually end up being like what God uses to show his faithfulness. Yeah. Well, in that scripture, you know, it's like, I will show you the secret things, the hidden things of darkness. And it's just this great deep verse that speaks so much to we walk around thinking we're all great and whole and doing wonderful and we got everything in order. And there's just these little dark places still inside of our hearts and our minds. And God is like, let me show you, like, let me take you into that place so I can reveal to you, um, what's going on so that you can find freedom and life and light and hope and healing, Yeah, you know, but we don't like that. We're, we're really not the kind of people that love that, that context. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want hard things. Hard things are hard. (laughs) Yeah. Can't you just like heal it? Cause you're God, like, just do it. Don't show it to me. I don't want to look at it. Yeah. Just, just take care of it. <laughs> Fix it. So yeah, for Charlie and I, I think, um, God did, you know, God brought us together and then took us apart for a while. And that's, that's what I'm speaking to and the hard things. And, um, I don't think either one of us had an understanding for why we had to be apart. Um, we very much were sure God had put us there. And so having to be apart was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make any sense. And we were both pretty devastated, pretty heartbroken, pretty confused mm-hmm. and just kind of standing with all the pieces. But, um, you know, again, by the grace of God, we both knew who to run to with that. You know, the Lord took me on a very deep journey, um, back to my childhood to realizing that I had made a pretty strong vow, um, with the enemy when I was eight years old, that, I had to take care of myself. No one was going to rescue me. No one was going to protect me. No one was going to take care of me. Mm. No one's going to, you know, just like no one. And so it had to be me. And, um, only the voice of the Lord in my life. Did I like, I surrendered to God, all those things. Like I could trust God, but God was not man. Man was what was scary to me, not God. 
Yeah. You know, and so like I I did not know. I did not know how to trust fully another human being, especially a male. Right. Um with decisions that affected my life with um <laughs> with my heart. You know, just like did not know how to do that and I think God had to dig that vow that I made with the enemy out of me. Um because I would have never I would have never let Charlie lead me. Right. Ever. <laughs> it is, that is still something where even in marriage, like you have to surrender that back over where you still will tend to think, oh, no, this isn't like he's not going to protect me. Yeah, I've had, you know, we're, we're in this study right now where we're digging a little bit deeper into my childhood and some of the sexual trauma. And he's kind of walking through it with me just to get a better understanding of me and and our own stories. You know, yeah. it just helps a lot. And so uh, one of the things I did, you know, I do discover about myself is that so I'm totally a free spirit, but I really like to know my reality. Yes. And so this comes from a childhood experience where people around me were constantly telling me a different reality based on some drug use and based on some just perceptions of life. And in order to kind of feel safe, I started learning to be a little hypervigilant and learning to gauge my reality. And the beauty of that is that I, I do that well. It's part of my gifting. I really can read body language and I can read circumstances. I have a great discernment from the Lord. And so there's light to that, like there's beauty in that, but there's also darkness when I get stuck depending on that or insisting that what my perception is in that moment is correct. Mm, yeah. Because you've really learned to trust your perceptions and your yes. reality. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately they really have saved me yeah. and they were from God. But now it's like growing up. It's like, okay, I I can, especially with my husband, right? Because I see him one-on-one -on -one all the time. And, and the ultimate reality that I do believe in my heart is that I can never, ever, ever, ever know the motives of someone else's heart because I don't even know the motives of my own heart. Man, heck yeah. That's so true. <laughs> right? So you sit across from this being that maybe has a routine and does the same thing every day. And so you feel real safe and you feel like you can nail down motives and but they're always changing and they're always growing and they're always feeling and responding differently. And so where it runs into trouble for us, yes, is that. So my attempt to gain my reality and understand it fully so often conflicts and causes me to have to um, humble down because, you know, like, for instance, this is ridiculous, but it's really funny. This one morning he woke up and walked in the um, kitchen and my computer was plugged in and his computer was unplugged. And he said, people keep unplugging my computer. <laughs> and I went, I went, actually, I'm the one who unplugged the light, but I didn't unplug your computer. And he said, no, I think someone came and switched it. <laughs> and I said, nope, I've been here all morning. <laughs> nope. What happened was last night I unplugged um, your, or I unplugged the light, plugged my computer and see how it's plugged in the bottom where the light was. And he's like, yeah. And then I'm like, and then somehow you either, he goes, I plugged the light in this morning. He said, well, you plugged it in where your computer was plugged in. Like it was, this is the stupidest conversation, <laughs> right? Like who cares? Do we, right? Like, I mean. Every day. This is my everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> We're going through this and Charlie's just like. I mean, he's, his personality is like, I don't even care. Like, I'm not going to fight with you. <laughs> Which is good. Way to, way to be, Charlie. So later did I realize, like, why was that such a big deal to me? And it's because I'm trying to hold on to my reality. Yeah. I don't like to think that something could have happened without me knowing. I don't like to entertain the idea that my reality is wrong. Yeah. And Charlie, when we talked about it later, was like, well, for me, I'm going, actually, anything could have happened. 
I wasn't standing here. Someone could have come in and unplugged it. There could have been a 50 million things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'm not right. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so, but see, what's funny is it's so not about being right to me. It's about feeling safe. Yeah. And I feel safe when I understand my reality. And so, yes, it is hard in marriage. And yes, I'm still learning to do, to to give that back to the Lord. And what's funny is it's like with God, I totally trust God with all reality, mm-hmm. but it's just with people. I'm still very <laughs> much learning. So you're making me think of when um, at your wedding, like the last thing that you said, and I don't want to botch it. Do you know what I'm about to ask? Uh, you? Okay. So uh, tell me what you guys said to each other and what you kind of have always said to each other. Yeah. So we both said, I see you and I know you and I'm not going anywhere. I love that so much because it's so deep. Like now hearing your story, it's like, that means a lot. That's a loaded phrase. And for both of us. Right. And for both of us. Um, but that's actually from a song. Um, it's called Duet. Duet. And okay. it's by Penny and Sparrow. And it's one of the most incredible songs for intimacy and relationship and marriage. Like it is so incredible. And I'd heard it um, when Charlie and I were dating and I just fell in love with it. And, um, and so, yeah, that was, he, you know, of course he was clever when he proposed, that's what he just said those lines because they were so powerful to both of us that it was like, and music obviously is so relevant to our lives. Yes. (laughs) Of course it would be through a song that God's like, here's here's the vows, you know, for each other. Here's what, here's what you move towards in relationship with each other. I love that. I've heard Penny and Sparrow, but I've not listened to that song. So I'll have you send it to me and I'll put it up on the show notes so that everybody can listen. Yeah, you should. It's so profound. It's good. Awesome. So you kind of like, not overnight because it was a process, but became a wife and then a mom of four kids and then, (laughs) and teen, like all pretty much I guess preteens and teenagers, yes. but uh, was that just a whirlwind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to say still, the least. Still is, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting so much better, but I think, um, I think again, that mentality of just living the life you've been given had come into play because I don't know that there was any proper way to prepare to go from, if you will, from not being a wife to being a wife, to go from being a mom, a single mom of one to being a mom of four. Um, to go from living in this little tiny apartment that took me an hour to clean to having this home with multiple children and laundry and things to do (laughs) that I just didn't even, there's just, there was no way to prepare. Yeah. And then I work from home. So of course that became another element of, of learning. And, um, I tell people it was kind of like a snow globe. Like we got married. We both knew we wanted to be married. We knew we were accepting all this responsibility and goodness from the Lord. But I kind of felt like he was shaking my snow globe and I was trying to grasp (laughs) onto the pieces that I thought were relevant and needed to stay. Yeah. And uh, I I won't lie. It probably took eight to 10 months to get there and it'll change again. So I know that, but, um, (laughs) but I think just finding the foundations of how to find rhythm and take care of all the things that were new and pay attention to the children and love them and pay attention to my husband and figure out who I am as a wife and a mama for, and, um, yeah, that's so, a lot. And, Any one of those things in and of themselves, like one new child, one 
husband well one husband obviously <laughs> oh yeah keep the same one, only please. one at a time please <laughs> it's real it's real life man I think there's something to be said for people to understand that it's okay to grieve one season to move into the next um have a lot of grace with yourself like for me I was totally thrilled and elated that God had brought me a husband and four children but that doesn't mean that I knew what to do yeah. or how to handle it and so I had to grieve like I had this life with this one child where I had a lot of free space and a lot of time like sit and pray and think and talk and meet people. And all of a sudden that changed. And so I had to let go and go, okay, my life no longer looks like this. It now looks like this. And I want to receive that with God's mercy and grace. So I have to let go of what was, um, in all its beauty and hardship and receive what is in all its beauty and hardship. Love that. Yeah. It took some time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm sure. And sometime we'll have you back on to talk about the joys of raising teenagers because I have no idea. It's so so good and so <laughs> stripping. Man, I tell you, I learned so much about myself. Yeah, I bet. You've got now, rather than just like having, you know, when you first get married, it's like you have this mirror shining on all your blind spots and all your <laughs> spots that are like, oh, that's not, I'm maybe I'm a little more selfish. But then, yeah, add children to the mix oh. more and more children it's like and then the ones that are like intuitive enough to tell you your blind spots uh-huh. <laughs> or tell you what they don't like about you yeah it's really fun it's really, <laughs> it's really fun good. good okay so I have a question that I ask every guest at the end of the show and your answer can be deep it can be superficial it can be whatever you want but if you <laughs> <laughs> or you could do both if you could go back in time five or ten years and tell yourself one thing what would it be so I, I think I would have gone back and just told myself, like, it doesn't end, right? Like, um, the goodness and, and the hardness, they don't end. Um, you're, you're, you know, I was just at that point probably really new into my walk with the Lord. And um, just to remind myself, like, there's never a stopping point of your growth and there's never a stopping point of potential Um, like God is always doing something new. So right now, even if I'm 41 and all these dreams, um, that are just happening now as being a wife and a, and a mom of multiple children. And even with my career, they're all kind of starting right now. But I think back then I probably would have thought, Oh, nothing more is going to come because this is what the sum of my life is. And, and I think as human beings, we get stuck in that so often. So I think knowing, A, I haven't healed completely. I'm never going to be fully healed until I'm standing in front of Jesus because he is constantly doing that work with me. So the hardship doesn't stop. If if you're willing to truly be alive, um, you're going to have to go through hard things. It, it's part of being human. It's part of um, sin. It's part of just growth. It's all part of it, you know, is you have to go through pain to heal. You have to go through your story to identify who you are. Um, and so there's the hard things. They don't stop. But the good things don't stop either. God's always going to surprise you. There's always going to be more. If you're awake and alert and wanting to live this life, the possibility is endless. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just endless. Like tomorrow, I mean, I'm, I always think when I'm like about when I'm 70 already and I'm like, what am I going to do when I'm 70? That's different than now. What's going to be new and what's going to be life giving and what am I going to find joy and pleasure in? And how am I going to keep myself awake and alert and alive to this life God's given me? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I would have just said that just reminding myself. And, and of course I was a person that is, God can tell me anything and I'll do it. I'm just that person. So even if it's foolish and even if it's not God, and I think it's God, I'm still going to try it. (laughs) I'm sure he really honestly loves that though. (laughs) He's like, Oh, you tried and I love it. But that was not what I asked you to do. (laughs) He knows that about me. Like he already knows. That's right. (laughs) Okay. So then where can people like they want to follow you or find you? Yeah. So, um, I do have a website for my holy yoga as far as where I'm teaching and such. And that is sarahhall.yoga. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll link to that on the website too. Perfect. And then my Instagram page is sarahdon.hall. Um, so you can put that on there too, but yeah, um, come follow, reach out. Don't be afraid. I'm really not like untouchable just because I'm married to Charlie Hall. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just because she's famous. She's still accessible. (laughs) I'm still a real life person who likes people. (laughs) Yes, you are. And that's how we got to know each other is because I reached out and then you followed up right away. And I don't know. I'm so thankful for that. And you really are, Sarah, one of those people that we have just kind of random interactions. Um, You know, it may be months and months, but the conversations that we've had and the boldness with which you speak to me and speak into my life. Like I will look back and, and remember things that you've said that have been huge in my life and in my marriage and in the way I view my husband and my kids and myself. And you really just have helped me a lot deal with fear that I've had and all of those things too. And trusting from my brokenness too, like trusting that um, God wants to give me good things. And um, not that that doesn't mean hard things are also going to happen like we've <laughs> talked about the whole entire time, but but yeah. being able to deal with the fact that hard things are going to continue to happen and not live out of fear. But um, anyway, so I like always go back to my mom uh, told me, she always told me, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to point you back to God, to scripture and the word and to your husband. Like it's so important. And it's so true because we are not at a shortage for those who would point us away from all of those things. And so that's something that I so appreciate about you is that you're quick to say, hey, let's look at the truth here. And also, let's look at maybe not where your husband's flaws are, but where yours are. <laughs> and then you point me back to him. And I so appreciate that. And I know he appreciates that too. <laughs> So thank you. I'm so thankful to have you on the show. And I'm sure you and I will talk again soon. Everybody go um, reach out to Sarah if you need to and realize that she has four children and a husband. So give her grace. (laughs) But, uh, But yeah, thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much, Kara. I love you. I love you. Y'all, I listened to this song duet Sarah was talking about where they got their wedding vows. And I'm just saying you may need some tissues. Also, Sarah makes the best Spotify playlists. I've listened to them for the last three years while working. So do yourself a favor and go to headedsomeplace.com slash podcast slash zero two for the second episode to get links from the show, see photos of her beautiful family, and then go check out her playlist she shared with us. She also shares the most influential book she's ever read, and this one has to do with healing from trauma as well. So if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe, leave a review, let me know what you think, and share the show with your friends. 
Thank you so much for listening, and I hope today you feel a little less alone and a little more encouraged.